Hey everyone, so we had some technical difficulties this week with the live stream and some other just audio issues, and this episode does sound uh, rough to say the least. Uh, if you want to go in about an hour in, there's a pretty good section where uh, the issue that was on my end is where I'm not really talking a whole lot, so that is pretty good sounding, but the rest of it may be unlistenable, and if so, I apologize. Uh... We will be back next week, and the issues will most certainly be cleaned up, but sorry again. Also, our podcast is now brought to you by Audible. If you'd like to go to audibletrial.com slash shattered order, you can get a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial. Uh, there are a lot of good Star Wars titles on there. I've been listening to the new Timothy Zahn book, Thrawn. It is really good. Highly suggest that one. But that, again, is audibletrial.com slash shattered order. What a piece of junk. This is the Shattered Order Podcast. Go switch off. If you're looking for Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes news, information, and theory crafting... You found the podcast you're looking for. With your hosts, Goodnight Punk. I am your host, Wink, alongside a couple guildies, Giggles, who I'm sure all of you know, and the one known as Zathmir. How's it going, guys? Not bad. Thanks for having me. I'm pretty good. How are you? Thanks for joining. Good. Well, uh, we've been having some pretty serious technical difficulties with this uh, whole live stream thing. I have no idea how that's going, so we are just going to go with it and hope all goes well. <sighs> How's your week been? Who's ready for Thanksgiving? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm definitely ready for the... Totally uh, for Turkey Day. <laughs> yeah, for the... Most holy of holidays. New uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes events that, that's starting on Thanksgiving. That was a oh my god, really yeah. smart move there. Yeah, kind of odd, but I mean, I guess it is what it is. Uh, so yeah, for those of you outside the U.S., which there is a number of you, uh, this is our Thanksgiving holiday in which we are supposed to be thankful for everything we've gotten, all that good stuff. Uh, real quick, why, why don't y'all guys tell me something that you're thankful for, just in general? Uh, I'm, I'm thankful this general. podcast finally came online. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm thankful for, for food that is coming to me 
my way soon. I am so ready for Turkey Day. So ready. Yeah, I and family and family. Families. I'm thankful for family too. But the best part is definitely food. Yep. And watching the Lions lose. Uh, yeah, it's a holiday tradition around my house watching Lions lose. It's always glorious. It is my favorite thing. Uh, so, um, real quick, we have, uh, if you want to support the podcast, Patreon's a great way to do it. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash shattered order. Uh, we will be covering all of our Patreons next week, whenever the train wreck ends. Um, apparently there are issues on the live stream, and uh, it is probably my inner. Uh, because, you know, my internet uh, is, well, terrible. You know, internet. It's, it's frustrating. It is so frustrating. I can't get anything that works. Ugh. So, um, we've been getting some listener intros, which is very exciting. Uh, due to the train wreck that is happening so far, I was unable to use any of them. We will be using those next week. So, there was apparently an update that happened this week. Did y'all notice that? I I did. I haven't seen anything. Because my phone went from like kind of like not full screen to full screen, which is awesome. I'm glad that my phone is full screen again. Makes me happy. So do you have an iPhone X? I do have an iPhone X. Okay. Yeah, so do I. And I was over the moon about that update. That was like the best thing ever. Dude, now everything's so um, big and I can like touch everything well i can it is yeah if you're not uh like connected to only half the screen wonderful so um there was uh some new events that happened this week one of them is the prelude to territory wars have you ever got to play that yet I played the first tier. I didn't know that you had to choose between the two. I thought you got, like, one try on each of them. So I was like, alright, let's do tier one. And I did tier one, and then I was like, oh, hey. You gotta wait for, uh, nine hours. And, um... Yeah. That was a little disappointing. I wish they, like, clarified that, you know? Well, but maybe I just didn't read it. It's... Well, here's the thing about this. Is... It repeats every 12 hours, and it goes on for seven days, I believe. Um, it appears that okay. this is almost like a flash event that just kind of repeats every 12 hours, in which you get, you know, all of these goodies. And uh, Wait, so you get that is the crystals again, too? Um, I believe so. If you go and you look at the rewards, it looks like we will be getting all those rewards over and over and over. I like that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, the it was actually kind of difficult too. Did like I went in there with uh, kind of a makeshift first order team, and it did not go well. I went to my arena team and actually lost a few people. What y'all think about it? I uh, I used my arena team and just autoed it, to be honest. So, um, it was easy. 
Yeah, I did the bonus tier with my Akbar team, and it, I mean, to me, it felt like maybe a top 50 team, like no lower than that. So, the, the opposing team, I mean. So, um, I could see how someone might have problems with it if they don't normally or consistently place in like top 20 or top 10 in their arena. But uh, for me, it it was harder than I expected, certainly. But I, I didn't actually find it difficult. Yeah. I was going to say, my uh, pretty cool event, love the rewards. I thought I was going to grab a screenshot of the rewards so I could go back and look at them, but I apparently forgot. Um, but... I have them here. It's great. Get some. Do you? Yeah. Uh, tell yeah. us what all the rewards are. So for tier one, we got you know forty crystals, uh, two uh, Mark III Carbonis, uh, two Mark III the Hollow Projectors, uh, two stun guns Mark V, and then two uh, stun cuffs, five five star training droids, ten four star training droids, five three star training droids, a hundred guild currency, and one hundred fifty thousand credits. Uh, tier two, it's uh, forty crystals, uh, three carbonis, two hollows, three stun guns, three cuffs, um, same amount of training droids, one hundred fifty gold currency, and then one hundred fifty thousand credits. Nice. Yeah, that is a uh, that is a pretty good uh, amount of gear. Maybe not for one single event, but if this is something that is repeating every 12 hours for 7 days, I mean, that is 24 attempts that you get. That's not bad. Or, I don't know where I got 24. It'd be 12, but... Um, or 12 to 14, depending on... I can't remember exactly how long it is, but... That is a pretty good amount of gear. Like, I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, it's very, very awesome. I think it's actually really on par with most of the gear we get from... Uh from uh, events, I think it's at least, a, I mean, you know, you think about doing the Ewok event, you get like five of one thing. This, you're getting three of Yeah, but multiple. you don't get like a comp. So. Yeah. I think you're getting more gear actually than a normal event yep. would. Yeah, be just based on the yeah. number of times sure. you can do this, and then, um, as we mentioned before, because you get crystals, that's a huge uh, draw, right, for this event, that you're getting crystals every single attempt. Um, and what did you say? We get nine attempts. Is that what you said, Twink? Uh, um, no, I believe it's, I believe you can do it every 12 hours for seven oh, days, okay. which is essentially 14 attempts. Right, right. Yeah, so that's not bad. I mean, especially with the crystals, but if you think about it, it's, I'm, most people need this. Like, it's not something that they can really spend according to yes. their discretion. Most people actually need this to gear up their troopers, to gear up their empire, to gear up their bounty hunters. I mean, most people may have Boba, they may have IG-88 if they've played this game for a long time, but who has Zam? I mean, people like me, but who else actually has Zam? Uh, you know, who has Greedo? I have her, what but she's like level 53 gear 1. Right, so she's like phase 1 material, <laughs> right? But... Like how are you gonna how are you gonna use her in you know phase three of of territory uh, dark side territory uh, battles right so uh, most of yeah. most of yeah. this stuff is going to be sunk into actually preparing for the territory battle it won't be discretionary spending for like hermit Yoda or something you know yes 
Exactly. I mean, the dark side territory battles isn't something we were expecting to come this soon. So the fact that it just kind of randomly popped up at the end of November, I think we're kind of expecting it to be a little bit further along. And with it coming this soon, I mean, there were a lot of people probably not prepared. Um, and Bounty Hunters, I mean, while it's definitely a dark side faction, it wasn't really something that people were expecting would be fully required. Fortunately, some of those are easy to get. Yeah. Um, Alright, let's... Uh, so, starting on the 22nd is when that prelude to Territory Wars event, and that basically runs right up until the moment the Territory Wars starts. Uh, we have the Dark Side Imperial Retaliation, which is going to be November 23rd. It'll run through the 29th. It will be on Thanksgiving. Yay. Um, the first Territory War starts on November 29th, which is awesome. I cannot wait to actually dig into it. Did you do um, the um? Did you do the beta? beta? No, no, I didn't. Dan got to a little bit. I was unable to, which I was really disappointed with. But I got to see some videos. Elon, he had sent me some, and a few others. So I got to see a little uh, bit yeah, of okay. it, but I did not. Yeah, that's right. Could I take a second to talk about uh, Territory Wars as it is in the game right now? So not the Territory War itself, but um, actually just the prelude to it? Yeah. So, okay, we were talking about this whole thing about blocking yourself in, right? You remember this? How, yes. how once you lock yourself in, your roster is frozen, and anything you do to your inventory does not affect the status of your character's that are entered into the territory war. So um, there's this question about whether uh, when you click that join button, your characters are frozen. And if you go to the details tab of territory wars, it says, um, let's see, uh, any unit progression that occurs after player lock will not be reflected until the next event. So basically what that's saying is once player lock happens, uh, that's when the freezing happens. And so, Player lock on the screen of Territory War happens currently, uh, as you're listening to this, in 6 days, 14 hours. So clicking that join button will not freeze your characters. Uh, you can freely move mods around and, and gear them up and stuff like that, and that will be reflected in the upcoming Territory War. I just wanted to clarify that because that was a point of discussion within LSO, and we were kind of wondering about that. So I thought maybe other people are wondering about that too. Wait, so you're saying I'm not going to be able to move my mods once it's locked? Uh, once it's locked, and that lock happens in 6 days, 14 hours. Well, I'm sorry, you can move your mods, but when you move your mods, they won't affect the characters that are in Territory War. So let's say you're switching characters between Arena, uh, and you want to move mods around. That will happen normally. Everything will function as expected. But for Territory War, it will be uh, the state that your characters were in. Uh, at that lock. So it just takes like a snapshot of your current state and then you're stuck with that for the remainder of the war. Yeah, it, it seems to function like a snapshot as far as I understand. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's my understanding as well. Which is a pretty good way to do it, in my opinion. It should eliminate a lot of the issues that we had with the tournaments, you know, uh, last year. Um, so, let's get into 
run down to, I guess, Territory Wars. We we kind of covered that pretty in-depth last week. We may get back into that a little bit. Uh, Territory Battles, they have renamed the um, the Rebel side of it to uh, Rebel Assault. That way it's a little bit more clear on which is which. So you now have the Imperial Retaliation and you have the Rebel Assault. Um, so they added some new characters, which are, which is pretty awesome. Um, Colonel Stark, the Imperial Probe Droid, uh, and the Wampa are the new characters, uh, which is pretty cool. The Colonel, the Probe Droid, General Veer, Snowtrooper, and Darth Vader are going to be the units that are required for special missions. So make sure you have all those characters ready to go. Um, the three factions that will be required for specific combat missions will be Empire, Imperial Trooper, and Bounty Hunter. So kind of make sure you have those factions ready. Like we kind of discussed before, Bounty Hunters are pretty easy to take care of, which is a good thing. Uh, they mentioned the, uh, the curated static, you know, uh, squad requirements for um, platoons, which we're not going to get into. Um, you will essentially fight to deactivate some of the special abilities from the Rebel Assault, which is kind of cool. Kind of the kind of the same idea, so it makes you feel like it really is the same battle. Um, there has been an additional territory added so, 48 stars is now the highest in this one. And they've dropped uh, combat mission encounters from six ways to four ways, which I thought was really interesting. A- anything else in there kind of jump out at you guys? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of concerned about the, um, the drop in the waves. Because, uh, I mean, my, uh, like, at least as far as Rebels go, my... My uh, my Rogue One team is pretty pretty bad, um, to put that plainly, and my um, Phoenix squad is okay. Um, I'm able to get six stars on their 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 node um, most of the time, as long as RNG doesn't just not go in my favor. Um, I I seriously wonder how they're going to kind of tune it to kind of compensate for the the lack of um, those final two nodes, if the first nodes are going to be harder, if, you know, the last node's going to be harder, um, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant before I'm like, yay, you know, I don't have to do as much, I'm just kind of like, oh, wait, how's this going to affect my performance so far, you know what I mean? Well, uh, one thing I do think about this, is this, I, I think part of the reason why they did this is, there's really not very many dark side healers, I mean, most of the healers are light side. I mean, so light side is going to be a lot more well equipped to go through six waves than, uh, you know, dark side teams in general. I, I kind of think that probably had something to do with it. But. That's true. Um, so there are a couple of things that I noticed about the, the concept of squishing the encounter length. So, um, I mean, Zath talked about this a little bit uh, already, but the difficulty progression 
currently through one through six, it starts ramping up at three. Like wave one and wave two are really just to feed your turn meter bars, right? And then once you get to three, that's when they actually have like a decent amount of protection and you have to hit them more than once to kill them. Um, so the reduction in the number of waves will theoretically hurt teams that like to prime their turn meter. So examples of these teams might be resistance. Resistance really only needs one wave to prime their turn meter. Um, troopers might have problems because Empire is on the slow side, especially the old Empire, and a lot of the troopers are old Empire, and so they, they are naturally slow. So in order to get them snowballing, uh, ideally you would want more uh, priming of your turn meter. Um, and then the issue of where does the difficulty end, uh, so Zathar brought this up as well, is it going to end up being harder than wave six of the current or, or the previous uh, territory battle, or is it going to be approximately the same? Where is it going to lie? We don't know, right? Uh, there are a couple good things that I like about this, though. So one, it's shorter. So there are fewer encounters. Regardless, you're going to spend less time in battle. So for the people who don't like being attached to their phones all the time, this is great. Uh, for the people who are encountering bugs while doing their combat missions, because you're spending less time in the combat mission, theoretically, your exposure time to the bug where your all of your abilities disappear uh, is going to be less. So theoretically, you should get this bug less. Um, so that is also good. Fortunately, they've made some changes to a lot of that stuff, which we'll get to yeah. here in a minute. Um, and then the last thing about protection, or rather healing, uh, the dark side healers, especially with the teams that we're looking at now as being required, so not including Night Sister, um, really protection comes from uh, really healing comes from protection regen. So when you look at um, people like Gar Saxon, uh, Thrawn, you know these are your healers. Uh, they're the ones who give you protection back. Um, there there is no actual traditional healer. It's more like healing through doing damage. So the dark side healers are actually like wedge lead, right? Um, so when you look at it that way, it does seem less sustainable because you don't have a Barris on your team. You don't have a Luminara on your team. But, um, you know, the, the, the tactic that you want your team to do is you want your team to be extremely offensive. You want it to steamroll, you want it to snowball, and that's how you're going to heal your team. Um, if you get into any of these endless loops that we've discovered with the um, Snowtrooper commanders or the um, Snowtrooper, um, the elite commanders, and then the uh, elite uh, regular Snowtrooper, if you get into any of those endless loops, then you're going to die just as quickly as uh, Rogue One does. Good thoughts. Well, um, we will get back into territory battles here shortly, but real quick, uh, touch on the new characters. Uh, Dwampa is from the Guild Event Store, so he can be purchased just like Hermit Yoda, which I thought was kind of odd and interesting. The Imperial Probe Droid is going to be in a special mission, and also from packs and bundles, of course. And then uh, Colonel Stark will be from the Guild Store. I've already bought a couple shards for that guy, working on getting him ready. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about that new shard store here shortly. Um, double drops 
obviously Friday and Saturday, November 24th and 25th. Um, if you're listening to this, well, you're probably, I guess, a little late, but uh, as far as saving your double drops, you know, uh, doing your refreshes, and storing up as many as possible to take advantage of those dro- double drops is always a good idea. They are running the 25% crystal promotion, which they usually do during these type of events. Uh, they have added some shards, or added some characters uh, back into being farmable. Smuggler Chewie and Smuggler Han in Cantina 8F and 8G and Mother Talzin went to Chromians. What are you guys doing about Chewbacca and Han? Because those are obviously two of the characters that everyone is thinking will be required for Jedi or whatever version of Rey it will be. And nobody wants to miss out on that. So what are you guys doing? Uh, As far as farming the smugglers? Yes. Uh, I'm going to go for Chewbacca first. I personally... My view is like, you know, if they're going to choose one of them to be in Ray's hero event, I think it'll be Chewie. Uh, just because, you know, at the end of the movie, one, Chewie's still alive. Two, Chewie's now like Ray's co-pilot and kind of like Ray's partner in crime, per se. Um, that's the main reasons I have behind farming Chewie, but I mean, I was discussing this with uh, Giggles earlier, why, you know... It could be Han. I, I, if they decide to kind of mirror Commander Luke Skywalker's event, and uh, you have a thing where you have to hold off, uh, like like how old men had to hold off Darth Vader, you have Han hold off Kylo. You have to last uh, five turns, you know, before you get stabbed and thrown into the pit. I, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna personally go after Chewie first. That's just me. Um, I might regret that decision, <laughs> but who knows. <laughs> Zeth, I, I can't believe you that's, that's spoiled the movie point. for me. You spoiled episode seven. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler tag. Yeah. No, uh, I was going to go after Han. And the reason I'm going after Han is um, I use Han more. I mean, that's just it. Like, you, you can't really build um, a fully functional team of Chewies, but we are one character away from building a fully functional team of Hans. So. That's why I'm going. John. That's a good point. Very mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Uh, so I'd like to talk about farming these guys real quick. Because um, mm-hmm. this is something that we've discussed about a thousand times in Discord this week. So you're trying to optimally farm these guys as quick as you can with can be as efficient as possible. Yes. Uh, essentially, you want to be using all of your 100 refreshes. That is obviously the fastest way to get these guys farmed. However, this is assuming a 33.3% drop rate on the Cantina nodes, which is what most of the data says it probably is. Uh, That equates out to, I believe, 80 crystals for every shard that you would get. So if you do a 200 crystal refresh, in those attempts that you can do, you would essentially get, uh, was it two and a half shards, and that goes to eighty crystals per shard. If you look in the store in the shipments, that is the price to buy them outright. There, there's no variance. There's no RNG that could screw you, but also no RNG that could help you. 
but uh, you know what you're getting. Uh, 640 crystals for eight shards. So I think once you get past that, those 100 refreshes, you can kind of do whatever you want unless you're talking double drops. Double drops, you definitely want to do the 200s, and then it gets to the 400s where you're maybe a little questionable. Well, I never thought of it like that. Any other thoughts? I have a thought. With your 33.3% okay. drop rate, you're triggering me so hard. Uh, uh, for those unaware, um, back before, uh, I think probably a month or so after the guild actually started, um, I shared with the guild my spreadsheets, and I was tracking drop rates, and I found a lot of variants, first of all, um, out of my trials, and I was tracking nodes uh, for about 330 trials, right, because that's or until I got 330 shards, I'm sorry. So, uh, you know, up to a thousand uh, trials, basically. And I did find that most of the shards or most of the nodes had a lower than 33% drop rate. Um, I found most of them had about a 30%, so like 28 to 30% drop rate with a variance of about 1%. So I was 99% confident that the drop rate's actually within 1% of. 28 to 30, so 1% on each side. Um, so I don't actually believe it's 33%, but you could argue there's not a lot of difference between 31% drop rate and 33% drop rate, especially when you only get like four trials because of the stamina cost, but whatever. I mean, that's that's where I stand. <laughs> and that's fine, but if, I mean, if that drop rate is anywhere south of one out of three turns, um, if it is anywhere south of there, you are better off buying them from the shipments than doing two or crystal refreshes, period. You don't have to deal with the variants either. Like, you don't have to deal with any of that. I don't know about y'all. I love gambling. First time I went to Vegas, I got addicted to playing craps. I don't know if y'all have ever played. Like, you should buy I won a bunch of money, too. and I built a craps table that I have in my <laughs> living room currently. Like, that's how much I like playing craps. Now, if you've ever played it doesn't matter what the odds are. You know seven's the most likely number to come up. You could see a three come up six times in a row, and you're just going to be like, well, son of a bitch, who'd have thunk it? I mean, it's... it's Numbers are so random that I, I don't think a lot of people understand how random they can really be. Um, and I know people are superstitious about a lot of lot of these things, but I, I really don't think that there's anything more to the way drop rates go other than the simple drop rate of whatever it is. We don't know the number, but, um, I mean, that variance can be a total bitch and make it feel like you are just treading water, which is one of the nice things about buying stuff from the shipment. You know what you're getting. Right, and I do want to point out that for people who are either current whales or ex-whales, um, you know, they tend to have a larger roster than people who aren't whales. I mean, that's just the the plain fact of it. Which means no. that they have a higher demand for Omega materials. Um, and I know that the drop rate for Omega mats from that level of Cantina node is like 1% or something like that. It, it's really low. But the fact that you can get them does increase the value of farming for shards from Cantina as opposed to just buying them from shipments. Um, and so 
yeah, we're talking about averaging out over a large number of trials, definitely over 100 trials, because if you're looking at anything lower, then your statistical variance is just ridiculous. Um, but, you know... Yeah. Even at 100, it's, yes. that's a sample of 100. Yeah, there's a lot it's of variance, for sure. A tiny sample. Yeah, I, I yeah. pretty much threw out any sort of trial where I had less than 600, or any data where I had less than 600 trials, because I didn't really think that that was reliable, basically. Um, but, yeah, I, I think... Um, if you're talking about whether you should refresh for 200 crystals versus buying from the shipments, uh, yeah, from shipments, then that is a difficult question. It depends on how much you value the potential of getting Omega mats, um, and you know how much you value the uh, non-variance of getting eight or getting four shards guaranteed. Um, if you're talking about buying or buying refreshes for 100 crystals i definitely think you should do it regardless if you can afford it with your crystal reserve um and i also believe that um you know if you're getting close you should probably buy from shipments um you should figure out what your expected return is from farming and buy from shipments especially because there are two characters remember you have to get two characters uh so you might end up you know when you're within like 10 shards of of getting that seven star or whatever you might switch over to the other character and you might start buying the the character from shipments to complete them yeah. For sure. uh something else i was going to mention is i did the math it takes approximately 30 days i believe to if i recall correctly 30 days to get both of them the seven star if you are doing Oh my god. I can't remember if that was doing three or five refreshes a day. Sounds like five. I think it was three. I think three is like Maybe 45 five. days. I don't... Is it? Okay, yeah. I think that might be right. Then. Uh, either way, yeah, it is going to be a bit of a brutal farm. So, uh, the other thing to think about with those refreshes is if you need Cantina currency. If you need Cantina currency, that extra currency might be worth, you know, not buying them from shipments and just simply um, on to the next thing, uh, packs and bundles. There were a lot of packs and bundles that were released out. Uh, there were some, a few bundles that people have kind of been waiting for that people seem pretty excited about. Uh, do y'all have any opinions on any of the bundles or anything? I haven't. I'm upset that that Krennic one came out now. I think it was that like <laughs> yes. two months ago. Yes. I would have bought that like two <laughs> months ago. Uh, I finished him around then. And then I saw this, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Because he was a painful farm. Yeah, the he was painful. The Krennic one's not bad. It's fifty shards for fifteen dollars, which is a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get fifteen dollars, or sorry, uh, ten dollars for Colonel Stark. You get forty shards. Um, the Veer Snowtrooper one, you get fifty-five of each, and that's sixty-five. But you get a bunch of gear. You get some fully crafted stuff with some omegas. Uh, so the high reaper and crew pack. Um, if you like ships at all and you don't have death trooper and shore trooper up, that is probably not a bad deal. But I think if you have either of those at seven star, it might not be worth it. Um, don't get me started there. Really about I finished shore trooper two days before tie reaper came out. Two days. So I have a lot of... And then I had to start farming that note again. I have a lot of thoughts about these packs. And, <laughs> I mean, I would like to make a shout-out here and 
point you guys over to Warrior's uh, YouTube channel. So Warrior does analyses on whether he thinks packs are good or not, and I think he does a pretty good job of stating what his bias is for determining for making that determination. So I would definitely recommend that you check it out if you're wondering about the packs. But um, as far as my personal thoughts, uh, I think that the Shore Trooper, Death Trooper, and um, Tie Reaper pack is dangerous. So basically, I. I feel that what they've done is they've gamified the packs. So beyond the fact that you have a regular pack, you now have a gamified pack where the more that you pull on it, the more that you're rewarded. But if you look at the rewards, the minimum goes up a tiny amount. And, you know, I have every, I have both of those characters maxed, so I wouldn't buy it. I don't have Reaper maxed. But, I mean, even if I didn't have those characters maxed, I think it would be a tough sell. So personally, I don't like that one. Um, as far as the Veers pack, um, the, the combination pack, I'm sorry, that's Veers and Snowtrooper, right? Go for me. Um, the $65 pack, um, if you actually do the calculation, uh, I believe that it is a great value for money pack. However, it has a huge sticker price. So again, if your budget allows for it, then it's great. But if your budget doesn't, then stay away from it. Um, the... Uh, Stark pack is great. However, keep in mind that with Stark, you need, I think it's 80 shards to unlock, and the pack gives you 40. So if you're used to buying a pack and unlocking immediately, this will not allow you to do it. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, and then the last pack that I think is uh, worthwhile is, again, if you're a whale and you need Omega, uh, the Omega Ability Mats pack is actually pretty great. But that is a crystal pack, not a dollar pack. N not a real money pack. Can I make a note here? Yeah. I, uh, um, in addition to that Colonel Stark, I mean, you also have that Imperial Probe Droid one, since they're both kind of new characters, but it's same thing, same deal. You're getting 40 for him. Uh, Suicide Droid is a uh, 80 shard unlock. Um, I, I don't, I haven't looked too much into them. I was really disappointed whenever they, uh, they announced these new characters. I'm just kind of like, eh, I'll, I'll get them when I need them. Um, but I just wanted to throw that one in there. You're making that note about uh, Stark. It's pretty much the same deal for a uh, Frontier Probe Droid. Yeah, about that uh, ability mat pack that you were talking about. It's nine to twenty-five omegas, and it's seventeen hundred crystals. That's less than two hundred crystals per omega. I know a lot of people used to pay that whenever, or do pay that during refreshes for omega battles. So. I mean, if you're one of those people, that is probably not a bad deal. Um, let's move on to Guild Officer Tools. Uh, this will be the first Territory Battle in which we actually have those. And I was kind of looking in Territory Wars, looking, clicking on Territories, jump Officer in our Guild, and you know, I was able to actually look and sort through the commands and stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, it looks so amazing. Dude, I'm excited. I am ecstatic. It'll make our witch hunts much it's... easier. Oh, that's... I'm yes, kidding. That is not I'm kidding. Good. I mean... <laughs> but, for real, though, it'll make uh, it so much easier on us. Um, I mean, that's yeah, one of my it, biggest gripes about territory battles, is just maybe how hard it is to, to coordinate stuff. This will make my life, and yours, and yes. well, all of ours, just incredibly easier. Can I make a... So, Territory War, whenever, 
Go ahead. I, I was just going to make an awkward admission. So um, I don't even play this game anymore, really. So I don't actually know what you're talking about. Like, I, I know that they introduce tools. I don't know where they are. And I don't know what they're supposed to be. Um, um <laughs> did you didn't you talk so, about this in a previous uh, podcast? Like, Google skill this in a previous podcast. Probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean allegedly <laughs> I played this game, right? Like I, I, I buy packs and I I farm things, but I don't actually like by the time I get to territory battles, like everyone's platoon things. Like I, I feel like uh I, I feel like I get I play maybe five percent compared to what I used to play. So um I'm a, I'm aware that they introduced yeah, this feature. Platoons are kind of that yeah. way. Anyway. I, I'm aware that they introduced but, this feature uh, well, of guild uh, officer tools. I just don't know where they put it, and I don't know what you can do with it. Uh, real quick, I'm going to run down what you can actually do with Territory Wars. So, like, actually right now I'm able to go into it and look, and there is a command button on each individual territory. And I can click on that. I can, it has a spot where I can enter text. So I can do that. I can write a temporary message. I can select a command, which is either none, focus engagement, or prohibit engagement. And then you can confirm or confirm and notify, which I presume will send a message to everyone's inbox. Uh, so that is going to be really nice for territory wars. Um, as far as territory battles, I haven't got to play with those yet. We'll get to see exactly what those do, but I am excited to use them if they are like that. Uh, but we've detailed that in previous podcasts before, and by the time you're listening to this, you can go check them out yourself. Yeah. I'm mostly excited uh, for that Rogue Actions right. one. See who doesn't listen. Tisk, oh, tisk. yeah. Shame. Um, Bell of shame. going to talk about the time savings updates real quick. Uh, they basically changed the challenge timers. Changed it from 10 minutes to 2 for level 85, which is nice. They finally made Galactic War a lot easier from everything I've heard and what they have said, which is great. Have you not done it yet? And, um... I have not. Oh, it is, it is very... Me. It's relaxing now. You know, It's not stressful. Um, is it? You don't need resistance oh, anymore. I I was able to, I was able to auto it with my. God, I wasted that Zeta. <laughs> I was able to auto it with my um, with my arena team in like five minutes, and for the most part, I just put it on auto, oh. basic only, and uh, I didn't run into a gear twelve um, tune until the twelfth node. So my twelfth node isn't broken anymore, but now the whole thing's broken, which is uh pretty nice. Um. I mean, my arena team, it's a its a Luke lead with Han, Thrawn, R2, and General Kenobi. It's very cookie-cutter, but I was able to literally just put it on auto. It took me five minutes. It's its very nice. Um, I don't have to, like, stress about that anymore. I loathed Galactic War. For, like, the past month, I have been, I've been skipping them um, on and off. I've probably, probably in, like, the past three weeks, I have not done as many Galactic Wars as I have done. Like, I've skipped more than I've actually completed just because I hated doing it so much um 
This yeah. this totally fixes that for me. So I'm actually very, very pleased with that. And I hope it's not like last time they did this. If you remember um, last June or July, whenever they uh, they decided to rework Galactic War, they did it for like two weeks and they were like, ah, nah, man, nah, you guys need to you need to struggle with this. Um, I really hope they don't do that again. Yep. But um, I'm really liking it so far. I, I think it'll stay like this. I mean, given that we have territory wars and territory battles, we have something going on every day. This is just another way to make it easier. Kind of the same thing with what Commander Luke did in general. Um, I'm assuming that uh, those 20 Zetas that we received in our inbox today were our refunds for our Finn Zeta, since we don't need that anymore. That's incorrect. That's a um, refund still, for uh, our Clone Wars Chewbacca Zeta. <laughs> you guys did that too, right? Not just me? All right. I'm taking it as a refund for my Vader Zeta. From that no. uh, nerf back in like January or whatever it was, yeah, I when I was really well, disappointed. That, then. that might actually be useful now, though. Um, oh, true. We'll get to true. team comps in a second. Um, so the other thing was daily challenges. They changed that a little bit with uh, you don't have to upgrade a mod. And let's go to all right. Um, they finally gave us the UI update for stacking buffs and debuffs that has been absolutely amazing. Um, they have updated combat missions to actually update at the end of every phase, so if something happens, you won't lose what you have done. Um, Can I make a note here? That it actually yeah, go for it. That uh, the stacking buffs actually was slightly disappointing in raids now whenever I'm using Zader. And I don't know how many uh, things I'm <laughs> popping on the Rancor. I loved it when it just went off the screen. And I was like, yes, kill this dude. And it would go. But now it's just like, oh, you have 45. And I'm like, how many is that? How far? I don't know. I didn't. I never counted it before. Yeah, that it so makes it, uh, <laughs> phase one for the tank disappointing for me. Because phase one for the tank, um, I used the GK Sync team. And so the screen would be covered in dots because all of my guys would be dotted like 15 times or something like that. So it's going to make it disappointing now. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I love it for like arena and stuff mm -hmm. like that where yeah. now I can target somebody. It's a shame they didn't do this when Boba and Zader were big. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, so they fixed some things with like Boba Fett, Cad Bane, there were some general updates. Mostly, uh, well, not mostly, but there were several dark side characters that they updated, which was unsurprising. They also said they fixed a back-end performance issue caused by Qui-Gon's leader ability, whatever that means. Um, was there anything in the notes there about the... Um, things? Was there anything about the uh, the freezes in territory battles? I know they made, they made the, uh, the thing like, oh, hey, if you freeze on the, the fourth... Fourth, uh, fourth phase in your territory battle. We're going to give you credit up to the fourth phase. But did they? Was there anything like regarding yeah. you know um, them actually fixing it? I, I didn't I see anything. I believe there was. I believe there was something about fixing that. Um, I, I cannot remember a hundred percent for sure. Um, I'm just kind of going off memory, but I believe they said something about them fixing that. Okay. Um, Oh, you know, there's a change that I want to yeah, test. Looking, seeing if I can find there's a change that they mentioned that I want to test okay. in, in my Galactic War. They said something about the protection buffs. 
not changing the base protection anymore. Oh, yes. uh, we had a little uh, discussion in Discord about what that actually meant. So I'm definitely going to have to take my um, Fulcrum into Territory Battles, or sorry, Galactic War, and see what happens there. I mean, you yeah, So lose. my assumption from what it said was that it was actually, like, protection was up was actually increasing the max protection that your character Yes, that was my interpretation too. Uh, in a way, like how Di- uh, Darth Nihilus increases his max health every time he annihilates. Um, so, like, that seems unintended because it wasn't documented every- anywhere. Um, but what some other people thought it meant was that it was functioning as a heal. So, if you end the encounter with protection up, it would heal your protection up, uh, bar back to full. Or, you know, Close enough to to full. Okay, yeah. that's a little bit different. That would make sense because I've actually noticed yes. that. I mean, I've had that happen before. But I believe that that's intended behavior, Definitely. and I don't believe that that's what they were talking about. But I'll try Galactic War to see. Yeah, it's a good yep. point. I'm kind of with you I there. About that. Um, the most important thing that they did, obviously, was upgrade support for the new iPhone. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about before we go to our next segment is what's ahead. Um, the what's ahead says, the belonging you seek is not behind you. It is ahead. Spoiler you know alert. That's from? Spoiler. You have to get that spoiler tag he yelled at me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. This is true. Spoiler alert coming up. If you have not seen episode seven, earmuffs. Um, so I believe that was the quote that Maz said to Ray. Yes. Yes. Times you got the lights. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I think that's. Um. You know, foreshadowing our so, Ray's hero event that we're about to get. I saw some stuff on Reddit where people are like, "Oh, we're getting Maz," and I'm like, "Seriously, bro?" Yeah, we're getting no. uh, Chewbacca's lover. I've been over this. Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> Where's my Wookie? Yeah. That that's the unique ability. Where's my Wookie? <laughs> Um, yeah, so I I think we definitely all agree it is Ray, which, if that's the next thing, next big thing that's coming, that's concerning, concerning we just got the veterans. Ugh. Disappointing, but we will see what happens. It's also disappointing to me, because generally I like um, dark side characters a little bit more, and we have two... Well, we have one character that came out that broke the meta, which is Commander Luke Skywalker, and then we're going to potentially have another character that breaks the meta, which is Lightsaber Ray or whatever you want to call her. So, uh, you know, Darkseid is hurting from the perspective of not having as many characters as Lightseid, not having as many synergies, and now only having one meta-breaking character on their side as opposed to two on Lightseid. So, uh, I'm I'm not too thrilled. I have a but... prediction. Uh, can I make an interjection here? I yes. I have a question. Have they announced BBA coming back yet? Have they given us a date for that? Because Not if you opinion. remember, before Commander Luke Skywalker came back, R two came back, and I mean it's pretty much a given that BBA is going to be needed to get Ray. Um. So if they've announced when BB-8 is coming back, that might give us a bit of a timeline as to when we can expect to see Ray's event. 
I hadn't really, I mean, that just kind of came to me. But, um, if they haven't announced that yet, I mean, that, that I, I kind of think that might be a good thing, because maybe it's a little farther off. Or they could just be like, oh, hey, you know, it's the first week of December, we haven't announced uh, our December events yet. But, um, I think that, uh... It's definitely not one of those things they're going to push too far past the start of the Yes. So. Yeah. I think I think BB-8 will be a good indicator of when you know Ray's coming back. So or not coming back when she's yeah. coming. So whenever they give us our uh, our December, uh, hey, here's what's coming this month. Um, I think whenever we see BB-8, I, I would expect you know Ray to be the following week. Um, and that might give us you know yeah. a clear indicator of when we need these smugglers by uh, smuggler smugglers when we need all these people and actually give people a heads up. Um, um, hey, you need to get BB-8 now, um, sooner rather than later. Yep, that wouldn't surprise me, and hopefully that's what they do. Uh, we will see. Uh, I have a quick prediction. I kind of think that we're gonna see a, you know, the other side of the point of this hero's journey thing for like a Snoke or I think it will be. I think we're going to see something like that soon. I, there are no freakishly powerful dark side characters. I, I think, think we're going to get coming. something along the lines of like how we got BB-8, but for with resistance, uh, using resistance to unlock. Um, I don't know if it'd be Snoke really. I think I would be able to make a better prediction on that after once I see you know episode eight and see Snoke's involvement. But so far, only seeing you know the Force Awakens. And how he just sits in a chair. I can't imagine him being a game-breaking character. Unkar Plutz journey, heroic journey. <laughs> yes, that is what we need. Unkar Plutz <laughs> heroic journey. That's possible. That's my ship. Um, yeah. Uh, what what else would his abilities be? Uh, you get half a portion. Yes. And he has to be his his uh well um his his avatar. He has to be in a booth. Mm-hmm. That's my run requ- one requirement. Yes, synergy yes, versus uh, scavengers and droids. <laughs> well, he would clearly be required for Ray's journey too, though, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. They're releasing him the day Ray's journey comes out. You have to farm to seven stars. Well, no, because uh, they released Wampa after releasing Commander Luke Skywalker, right? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, now that I think about it. Uh, CG kind of promised on Reddit maybe about nine months ago that if they released Wampa, he would have an ability called Disarm, and he does not. So I'm... I mean, they broke their promise. <laughs> I, I do remember yeah. that. I don't yeah, remember they, that. Uh, they fail, failed. I'm just that. really disappointed about the whole Wampa thing that, in general. Yeah, it was on Reddit. You already saw my I'm actually kind of excited my about rant it, in Discord. <laughs> How are you excited about it? Yeah. Come on! Out of every dark side character they could pick, they picked How a freaking Wampa. It's a monster. It's not a dark side character. Dark it is just side. a monster. Okay. Well, now I'm now I'm just thinking like, okay, I need to reek. So, I need a Nexu. I need the an guard a freaking pig. Yeah, but he's sentient. <laughs> like he 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 can think and do his own thing. He's not just acting off pure instinct, which is what. It appears that Wampas do. I want space asteroid worm you for know my what? ship they, team. They need, <laughs> they need a Wampa story. Like, to, to 
make you feel emotion for the Wampa. I mean, Luke went and invaded his home. Like, come on. So, uh, we're, oh, come on. we're getting really come far on. away from Galaxy of Heroes. I want a monster, I want a monster leader ability, I want a monster class yes. now. That's what we need with Reeks, Nexus, Acklays. We're getting uh, far away from Galaxy of Heroes, but Wink, have you heard of uh, a book that's called something to the effect of, like, the forgotten stories of A New Hope? So basically, like, they go through the side characters in A New Hope, and they talk about their stories. So they have stories about, like, the Jawas and stuff, and then they have stories about the two, um, uh, like, uh, no, the, the Death Star, or sorry, the Star Destroyer Gunners that see the escape pod when R2 and C-3PO uh, escape onto Tatooine. What's the- I, I forgot what the name is. It's something like the Forgotten Stories of, of Star Wars. I'm sure one of our listeners will correct me, because I'm, I'm way off. But if they don't have a... Huh. If they don't have Porkins, then it, it can't be a good book. Uh, well, I haven't gotten that far in the book, so I don't know if it has Porkins or not. Oh. Yeah. Okay, you haven't finished it yet. Right, but but this is exactly what you're talking about, Wink, well, just, for a new ho- of, just for Empire Strikes Back, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, so, uh, real quick, before we get into dark side territory battles, I'm actually glad you brought up books, because Audible is now a sponsor of our podcast, and you can actually go to audibletrial.com slash shattered order and get a free audiobook with a free 30-day trial. Um, I've been an audiobook audible user for about two or three years now and i absolutely love the service um i'm sure many podcast listeners you obviously like the audio medium so audible is a great way to consume books uh i'm a huge fan i've actually been listening to the timothy zahn book thrawn it's uh the one that came out earlier this year it is really good um, I'm about halfway through it. I've been kind of consumed by that. The That's the new canon one, right? Yes. Pretty yep. often. Okay. Yes. Zeth, you can get an audible of the Battlefront book, and you can listen to it while playing Battlefront. Perfect. Yeah, now. Yeah, so uh, there's <laughs> two suggestions. And you can actually... I'll listen to uh, it, but not while playing. one of those... Well... I'm not sure about the uh, Battlefront book for sure, but I know the Thrawn book is for sure on Audible. Just go to audibletrial.com slash shattered order. Oh, the Game of Thrones books. Um, Alright, dark side territory battles. Yes. You ready to talk about some territory battles? Yes. And how unprepared I am for uh, it? Yes. Let's go. Yeah. You're not the only one. I am a huge uh, light side guy. Um, I will be honest, though, this Thrawn book that I've been listening to kind of makes me a big fan of big fan of Thrawn. He's kind of a badass. So wait, you won um, before? I'm actually a little anxious to start. You. What's wrong with you? I, Come on, Wink. No, We've known Thrawn is awesome. I didn't know anything about the guy. If you don't have know you anything about him, he's I mean, just he's a. Have you, the game, have you read him but... before? Yeah, but he's blue. He's just a blue alien. You don't know anything about him. If you don't know anything about him, he's just a blue alien, right? It doesn't make any sense. But but he's he's a grand exactly. admiral. He's like number one in the navy. He's above Tarkin. <laughs> you have but to know he's pretty cool. Like if he's once you start that high up, hearing about him, he's a he's awesome. He's he's a really great guy. Anyway, 
Alright, so, uh, dark side territory battle. As we kind of discussed before, um, you know, in the general notes, uh, the factions, Empire, Imperial Trooper, and Bounty Hunter factions will be very important to this. And I think the big thing is going to be kind of trying to find dark side characters that you can kind of team up together and really make some good synergy teams. Because I feel like so much of the theory crafting we do on this podcast is either maybe focused a little bit more on light side or definitely has light side uh, characters built into it. So, uh, why don't you guys tell me what you think? Uh, uh, do you want to go first, Seth? terrible. Because I got like a whole list, so... Okay, so you want what, like, what I think I'm going to use in Dark Side Territory Battles? Because I'll tell you. Um, what are a couple What are a couple team comps that you think are going to be really effective that, you know, maybe... Well, uh, obviously, you know, um, I think uh, Imperial Troopers are going to be very strong. Um, I've seen... I don't have an Imperial Trooper team, but I've seen videos of them and how they can just kind of wreck face. Um, one, like, kind of outlier team that I was... We were talking about earlier before the podcast is I think uh, uh, droids will be good. Um, I mean, you're obviously going to probably want to save IG-88 for your bounty hunter squad because there's like six bounty hunters total and he's one of the better ones. But I mean, if you do like an HK-47 lead with uh, IG-86, Grievous, um, he's actually can hit pretty hard. Um, B2 and uh, what's the the staff dude, IG-100. I think that would be a decent team, um, especially because... Um, I'm actually really glad you bring up B2, because if this is anything like the light side version of Territory Battles, I mean, those guys get a lot of buffs, and that is one thing that B2 does very well. Is oh, yeah. Yeah. I also think Empire teams without, like, Imperial Troopers are going to be really good, which is, you know, uh, TIE Fighter Pilot, he does that same thing as B2. Not necessarily dispelling buffs, but applying buff immunity on, like, his first turn. I think that'll be really helpful, especially if we have someone who kind of mimics uh, what the commanders do. Um, how they give, you know, all the buffs and uh, um, the, the taunts whenever they fall into full health. Uh, if you're able to get uh, uh, an AoE buff immunity off pretty quickly. I think that will that will help a lot. Um, I'm looking forward to them releasing two Tuscans so I can have a full Tuscan synergy team. Um, I'm kidding. Um, Night Sisters I think will actually be really good. Um, I my Night Sisters are super yep. undergeared, but I've used them in my Galactic War and they just kind of wreck face. Uh, granted, I'll only be able to use them for like the first three uh, phases, but they're good. And yeah, they that's can, the they, and they and they can hold up. They hold up really, really well, even at like low gears. So if you need someone for those phases, um, I'd say you could use your night sisters. Um, you don't even have to gear them a ton to use them. Um, unfortunately, you know, if you didn't pay for Mother Talzin or Ghost or Zombie, you're kind of out of luck uh, for the last three phases. Three phases. I don't know the last few phases um but really i mean the teams that i'll be using most i'm going to be using droids definitely because i already have my droids from uh back when that meta was back in what was that like a year and a half ago um pretty much yeah i'm going all right right now i'm already trying to focus on leveling up my imperial troopers 
I just got my Death Trooper to gear 11. Um, uh, trying to power up that, that TIE Reaper. Um, Death Trooper is another one that I think is going to be an insanely good character. He's already awesome. Just his, uh, he, I, I'm, I'm a real fan of, like, uh, the Trooper classes, especially looking at, like, uh, some of the Star Wars lore. Death Troopers are pretty cool, in my opinion. If not just because of how awesome and badass they look. Um, yep. I like Death Trooper, and I was really disappointed when Rogue One came out and they weren't, like, introduced with the movie, and I was like, CG, what's going on? I don't know if you remember that in Discord, how I was constantly complaining that there was no Death Troopers. Um, and then I was really upset whenever they were $1,200, or whatever it was, whenever they first introduced them. But, uh, yeah, Death Trooper's oh, awesome. Yeah. So, Wink, awesome. do you want to hear about my... Yeah, he's been one of my favorites for a very long time. Do you want to hear about my teams now? Alright, let the show what? let the show off do his thing. Alright, so um I assume we're not actually streaming video, right? So I I don't need to share my screen. No, but you can share it so I can look at it. Oh, okay. I'll I'll do this just for you, Zeth, and everyone else can just kind of I'm a visual learner. <laughs> imagine this in your mind. Um so what I did was basically I uh took the three factions that were mentioned, which are Trooper, Empire and Bounty Hunter, and I made some potential teams out of them. Uh, obviously, Night Sister are good. Uh, the problem with Night Sister, again, is that they're limited to the first few phases, and they're going to get wrecked by AoE. So you need to not get AoE'd, not get dispelled, not get buff immunity. Otherwise, they're fine. Um, and you don't really need a lot of gear for them. Um, so uh, let's start with the troopers. So the troopers, I found two teams that would theoretically work. And so what I've done is I've divided them into a um, theoretical build, which I don't have, and a more traditional build. So the theoretical build is a Gar Saxon lead with Veers, Shore, Snow, and Stormtrooper. Um, now, I should mention now, I don't include Death Trooper in these trooper builds, even though he's one of the better troopers, because I include him in my Empire team. So the general thought... Because you're pairing him with Krennic, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So okay. the general thought behind uh, this Gar-led trooper team is that Gar is not a trooper himself, so he doesn't get the bonuses, but Veers is a trooper and he's present in the team, so the rest of the four troopers get bonuses from each other, similar to kind of like a Phoenix team. Um, Gar's ability gives a counter chance and gives defense. When you Zeta Gar's leadership ability, it also gives uh, healing back. So basically, whenever they do a basic attack, they heal themselves. So this is kind of where we get into dark side healing. Um, obviously, putting a Zeta on Gar is kind of difficult because, first of all, Gar isn't um, the easiest farm. Not everyone has him. And then you're also sinking a Zeta into him. So this is not a poverty build by any stretch of the imagination, but it could work out pretty well. Um, Veers is there because he can call a, an assist attack, so he will force all the troopers to assist, and he will inflict ability block. Um, Shore is there because he's a taunter, and he's also a secondary healer. Interjection. Um, he puts uh, crit immunity as well. Uh, Snow's there because Snow is your primary damage dealer. If Snow ever counters... Uh, that's going to be a lot of pain, and he can also ability block on his basic. Uh, Stormtrooper is there because Stormtrooper does a surprising amount of damage. Not necessarily because his shots do a lot of 
actual damage, but because he puts expose up if he doesn't crit or if he misses. And so uh, what I did with Stormtrooper is that I modded him for offense and defense. Uh, those were the sets. And I didn't put a lot of critical chance on him because if he crits, that's great. He does more damage. If he doesn't crit, he exposes, which is also great because then someone can pop that expose and uh, do that additional unresistible damage. So that's the first trooper team that I have. The second trooper team is the. Can I make a side note oh, about sure, this yeah, team go ahead. I just had? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. One cool thing, you know how, uh, you know, what's his face? Helmet head. Uh, Veers. Uh, when he calls all those troopers to assist, that's going to call Gar to do three assists as well. Does he call uh, a non-trooper to assist? No, but Gar Saxon, his unique ability, he whenever an ally attacks out of turn... Oh, that's true. That's true. I didn't even think about that part. Them. Yeah. So he's going to assist uh, Shore Trooper there, he's going to assist Snow Trooper, and he's going to assist... Uh, um, Storm. Regular Stormtrooper. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be three extra assists coming from Gar on that one ability. Right, that's that's true. So actually, I didn't even think I about think that. Yeah. yeah, so... I think that's kind of almost better than having, you know, a Veer's lead where he calls everyone to assist, just because you're getting two extra attacks there, plus Gar's utility and that counter chance. So, I think that's actually a really good team. Mm -hmm. So, talking about the Veer's lead... And uh, doesn't Gar give offense up? Gar gives offense up just like Veer's gives offense up. So, both of them do that. Um, but talking about the Veer's lead, um, the Veer's lead is here because, uh, again, Veer's gives offense up, but he also gives troopers something that they don't have, which is speed. So as we mentioned before, the trooper team is a very momentum-based team. Once they kill someone, then they get crazy-ass bonuses uh, until they kill someone again, and then they get more crazy-ass bonuses. Um, so the problem is they need to get that first kill, and you need a high speed to beat the turn meter of the other team. So that's kind of the the idea behind the traditional Veers lead. Um, so in this Veers lead team, I have Veers, Snow, Shore, Stormtrooper, and Jerry. Because again, I can't put uh, Death Trooper in here, so I put Magma Trooper in here, which we refer to as Jerry. Um, so Let's go Jerry! Exactly. So what does Jerry bring to the team? Uh, not a whole hell of a lot. He actually brings tenacity to... He shares uh, tenacity up for everyone, essentially. Um, it's like 30% tenacity bonus, but that's not a whole lot. I think your, your troopers are going to get debuffed anyway. Uh, his thing is that he can shoot through taunt. So... On his basic attack, he will hit his primary target, and then he has a chance to hit an another target for uh, a reduced amount of damage. Now, this can shoot through taunt, and it's random, but it can help you get that kill. If there was a taunter who put up a taunt, and there's a character at red health hiding behind the taunt, uh, Jerry can shoot that character with red health, and you can get that snowball effect. Um, additionally, Jerry himself can actually get a really high amount of tenacity. And this is great because whenever he uh, gets debuffed or um, avoids a debuff, he gains turn meter. And so he he just keeps on going even faster than the, the regular troopers. Um, it's a different amount for, for whether he gets debuffed or whether he resists. And then the final thing that Jerry has is his AoE, which removes turn meter, which is always great because if you're struggling to get that first kill, you can throw that uh, thermal imploder or whatever it's called, um, and then you can reduce the turn meter and, and get a couple more shots in before they get a turn. So that's traditional trooper team, heavily momentum-based. 
Um, you have your heal in Gar Saxon Zeta or in Shore Trooper, uh, his taunt. Um, and you have your offense in Veers and Snow Trooper primarily. So the um, next team is the Empire teams. And what I did was... I have a question I... regarding your Trooper team. Oh, sure. Go ahead. What would you think about putting... Isn't Stark... Uh, he's a trooper, correct? Correct. Uh, most people... Now, would you think about replacing Jerry with Stark at some point? I would point consider that, I... but I haven't actually used his kit, and I hesitate to recommend it, because um, I, I don't know what he does. I do very much Because just know... looking at him, he he looks like he gives you know a better bonus. He gives the 50% armor penetration on his... Uh, to all trooper allies, which will... I mean, that theoretically should massively increase their damage so, or at least you know kind of increase it a significant amount because i mean at least you're giving that armor pen um they i feel like this game doesn't do a very good job at explaining or really giving a good scale for how armor penetration works i don't know if you think the same thing i agree i, agree. I don't but, but i don't think it does a very good job but let's talk yeah. about that very specifically so the type of uh people that you fight in light side hoth uh territory battles are essentially troopers right so they, they basically took characters mm -hmm. that they already have in the game and they threw them in as your primary enemies i mean you do have um several kind of unique enemies but they're essentially based on the troopers so as far as the enemies that i expect to see in the dark side uh territory battle i expect to see rebel pilots i expect to see uh you know essentially like hoth bros uh, uh, yeah hoth bros i essentially expect to see like the rebel version of resistance pilot and resistance trooper. Um, and, you know, maybe big Wedge or something like that. So we're not talking about characters that have a lot of armor. I think Hoth rebel soldier is the only one who has a high amount of armor. So armor pen doesn't really help you that much, like not as much as you think it might. Um, the second thing is that the teams that um, troopers typically struggle against are teams that, heal back health when they get hit so your gk barris teams or um you know just forget gk any team with barris on it is pretty hard to beat with um your troopers again uh teams with multiple tanks so a team with a royal guard and um a traditional tank like like stormtrooper han or something like that those are actually fairly difficult to beat because you gotta finagle everything very closely and you need to get that first kill before they really go. Otherwise, you won't get that momentum. In both cases, I don't think Armor Pen is actually going to help that much. And I don't actually expect to see many tanks like RG or Stormtrooper Han in light side. But that could just yeah. be a miscalculation by me. Um, I mean, I'm also just looking at, you know, Stark's, his, um, his kit overall. I mean, he's going to give those Empire allies crit chance up and critical damage up. Um, as well as, you know, he gains turn meter for empire allies and for rebel enemies um when he when yeah. he uses that ability so pretty much he's going to be getting uh 40 45% turn meter back um so it's kind of like uh like like um OG Hans uh thing where he he shrugs right. and he gives mm -hmm. everybody it's going to be kind of like that and that'll at least boost um you know your troopers and then um his zeta actually looks pretty good uh, and again, this is all speculation with Stark. I do think Stark could be a fit for troopers, and it would kind of make sense. Um, but 
you know, it kind of, it, it depends on what you need. I think Stark is just straight up attack, which in a trooper team is actually very important. Uh, Jerry is more utility. And I found in general in Hoth, uh, you know, light side Hoth, utility is actually pretty important. And so that's why I've built so many teams to, to explore. But it might turn out that Stark is better. I just don't know. And I also think that because we won't really have Stark for the first battle, unless you're paying for the packs, it's it's yeah. kind of a waste to talk about him now, really. True. I mean, and the other thing that Stark does, I'll just throw it out there, is he can... I don't think there's a dispel on a uh, trooper team, is there? Uh, unless you bring Death Trooper. But we're unless not bringing... Death Trooper. Yeah. yeah, so we're not bringing Death Trooper. He provides a dispel. So right. his... Uh, one special, it deals physical damage, and uh, a 0% chance to stagger all enemies, which could be huge. Especially yeah, the- because um, the troopers struggle speed-wise, um, and then it also will clear a buff on that, pri- clear the buffs on mm-hmm. that primary target. Um, yeah, I mean, with that ability, though, you're really just looking at the dispel, because the stagger is like mm-hmm. a crappy version of Magma Troopers AoE, right? Mm-hmm. Which is actually pretty good. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. Magma Troopers AoE is probably his best asset, um, uh-huh. but stagger is like a two-step process, so it you know it's a little wonky from that perspective. Well, it's also the last part of that ability is he deals ten percent more damage for each trooper ally, which means I think he's important to put into a trooper team. Um, yeah, he's definitely one that's, that that's where he'll have his best synergy and where he'll um, flourish and shine the most. Um, and plus being one of those hero, no, he's not a hero for this map, is he? It's it's Veers he's who's a hero, right? It's Veers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, never mind. But still, I think he'll be, uh, personally, I think that he'll be really, really strong in an Imperial Trooper team. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't, I, I, we don't know what his damage numbers are, but right. it sounds like he's going to hit pretty hard, at least harder than Jerry. Uh, that That is absolutely true. Um, I do look at Stark. I in the same way that I look at um, Rolo. So I, I think he's very much similar to Rolo in the sense that Rolo is an attacker who does well in territory battle because of the structure of territory battles and her kit mm-hmm. is made specifically for that. I think Stark is probably the same way. Yes, I would agree with that statement. That would yeah. So with Empire teams, what I did was basically... I took uh, Death Trooper, who goes with Krennic. I took TIE Fighter Pilot, because he's the strongest attacker that Empire has, hands down. And then I basically took everyone else who has a leader ability and threw them into a team. Um, so the first example... Except for Vader, that, it looks like. I don't, I don't really like Vader. He doesn't have a leader ability. Even though I zated it, he, I still deny that he has one. Um, so the first team is Thrawn, leader, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, Krennic, uh, Death Trooper and Tie Fighter Pilot, and so uh, all of these teams are going to be similar. The the difference is who is leading them, right? So um, the leader ability of uh, Admiral Thrawn is basically that um, Empire teams can cleanse themselves and they can cycle their turn. So that's pretty important if we run into a situation where things aren't lining up correctly, um, and you want to do something interesting like with uh, Tarkin, right? Tarkin has to prep his potency, so he might want to cycle a turn um, if he thinks, if you think you can get more potency. Um, And then similarly with Death Trooper, Death Trooper has abilities that um, are important to use often, but they have fairly 
average cooldowns, like three three turn cooldowns and stuff, you can use this leader ability to cycle your turn and get that detonator out again and uh, increase cooldowns on the opposing team. Um, so the cleanse is very much appreciated. Uh, if you Zeta Thrawn, he also um, increases protection uh, on debuff when you receive a debuff. So that's also great. Um, the rest of the way the team functions, I think, is pretty standard. TIE Fighter Pilot does what TIE Fighter Pilot does best, which is debuff everyone first turn and then start hitting people like a truck with his basic. Uh, Tarkin is very much anti-rebel, so what you do with him is that you remove turn meter and inflict offense down on all rebels, which gives you potency up. Uh, then you use your basic to get more potency, and then you use your AoE to uh, do damage based on your potency. So. Uh, Tarkin is kind of an attacker, but he needs a lot more setup than, say, TIE Fighter Pilot. Uh, Death Trooper, I think everyone knows kind of what he does. Um, he throws his grenade, he does AoE Dispel and uh, cooldown increase, and his basic attack also will hit twice on Rebels, so he will st uh, daze them the first time and then stun them the second time. Um, and then, of course, he has Death Mark, which is essentially like an instant kill if someone has already died. Uh, Krennic, um, I think Krennic is probably someone that not a lot of people have used as much because he has a very high gear requirement. Um, he, he's just very gear-hungry, um, and he's also fairly difficult to farm. But his basic attack, it should be noted, because it does special damage. And uh, going back to this conversation... Those are Thrawns as well? That is correct. Uh, going back to this conversation of defense, uh, you have two types of armor. You have armor, and then you have special armor. And so special damage is mitigated by the defendant's special defense. And similarly, physical attacks are mitigated by the defendant's special uh, physical defense or armor. So basically, um, most characters in the game have lower special defense than regular defense. So when you look at characters like Thrawn and Krennic, they're going to be doing a lot closer to their actual damage potential, regardless of what the armor on the target is. So uh, don't count Krennic out just because he's a support. He's going to hit pretty hard. Um, and he also does tenacity down or something, but I don't think that's very important for this team. Wasn't um, Krennic's uh, basic at one point one of the hardest hitting basics in the game? It was, and then Thrawn came around. Yeah, so, so I mean, he, he as you mentioned, damage, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the so Krennic's first special is the Death Trooper Assault, which basically uh, deals damage to all uh, targets and has a chance to stagger them. And if you Omega it, um, I uh, he has a chance to bring Death Trooper back. So this is pretty important. Um, I think Death Trooper might die on this team because you have no tank, but. Um, who knows, right? We'll try it and see. Um, Krennic's second... He is second, pretty tanky, though. He's pretty tanky, but um, he protects Krennic, right, by giving him yeah. uh, crit immunity. So uh, he won't have that same protection, and, and he might die. He doesn't have foresight like TIE Fighter Pilot. Isn't so, the crit immunity only if you Zeta him, though? That is true, yes. Okay, yeah. Um, so the second special that Krennic has is Experimental Weaponry, which this is the one that deals a different debuff depending on the role of the target. And so it says here, attackers get stunned, healers and support get ability block, and tanks get buff immunity. Uh, the Omega adds an additional turn, so the debuff will last for two turns instead of one. Um, and he also does speed down 
on Rebels. So that's going to take into effect. Um, so overall, I think Krennic, you know, like these other Imperial uh, tunes that have very specific kits against Rebels, uh, Krennic is very much there. So uh, he's going to be a damage dealer, and he's also going to be your utility. So overall, I think this team is going to function pretty well. The one I think that is going to have the most difficult time actually um, doing damage is probably Tarkin. Tarkin's probably going to be your support just because it takes him like three turns in order to do his stuff. And in three turns, TIE Fighter Pilot has hit someone like five times or something, right? So um, he will have difficulty getting set up. Uh, so the second team... Well, uh, one thing to think about with Tarkin mm-hmm. real quick is his basic basically increases the volume. Correct. Yes. And and, th- and yes. when you're talking about going over four waves, I mean, it's kind of an extended battle. So he could actually be pretty useful in the, these because by the time he gets to that end, he could have quite a bit of offense kind of stacked up. But didn't we talk about... You save that AOE. Didn't we talk about how they took that out? Or they were taking that out? Of stacking buffs? What do you mean? I, I thought they were... Um, CG had said something about taking out these stacking buffs, like how Jin gets potency every time she crits, or um, Ezra gets offense uh, stacking for the first three turns and it carries over between rounds. I don't remember them saying that. Okay, I mean, maybe this is a case of me not playing the game or anything and not knowing. Because, I mean, the whole Thrawn event was designed around the idea that that's the way it works with Ezra, that yeah. the offense stacks between ways. Right, and they just released, um... So, I don't, I don't think that would be The veterans, they have stacking, or at least Chewie does. True, true, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, Tarkin functions exactly the same way, so if I'm just, you know, high on something and, and imagining things, then uh, disregard what I just said. Um, and yeah, that's true. The, as Tarkin's potency increases, which it does every time he does his basic, um, his basic damage will increase, or his, his AoE damage will increase. Uh, so he's going to start AoEing for a lot of damage. Now, the problem with this team, as I've built it, is that there is no tank, so if they have counter, um, he's going to get eaten alive, but that's where Thrawn should come in and, and heal him up. So. The second permutation of this team is with Tarkin as the leader. So with Tarkin as the leader, he will give uh, speed, and he will also give defense down on uh, rebels. Uh, If, let's see, it says inflict defense down for two turns on enemies that fall below 100% health during uh, Empire allies' turns. So if you get through their protection and you deal damage to their health, they'll get defense down. If you Zeta this, they'll get Expose. Uh, so the Expose is kind of nice, but again, that's not really a poverty build kind of thing, because I don't really think you should put a Zeta on Tarkin unless you use him in ships. Um, you do have enough AoEs to take advantage of those uh, Exposes, though, for sure, because you have uh, TIE Fighter Pilot, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, Krennic, and Death Trooper all have AoEs. So if you want to abuse that, I'm pretty sure that there are chances to abuse that in territory battles, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say Zeta now, because I, I don't foresee that as being required. So the third permutation of this team is with Krennic as the leader, and honestly, I think that this is probably going to be your best permutation, but again, if Krennic isn't 
Um, if your Krennic isn't doing that great in terms of gear level, then you might want to opt for the Grand Admiral Thrawn one. Um, but Krennic's leader ability basically increases critical chance, increases potency, uh, debuffed enemies who are critically hit, suffer ability block, and I believe that his Zeta uh, heals. Yeah, Zeta so covers protection. His his Zeta gives ten percent protection whenever uh, an Empire or an ally crits. And in this particular case, you're going to have a high crit chance because Krennic gives you twenty five percent crit chance. So uh, if you look at the rest of the team, you have Tie Fighter Pilot who naturally has a pretty high crit chance. You have Death Trooper who is commonly modded to have a high crit chance. Uh, and then you have Thrawn, who, if you really want to heal him, the best way to do it is Fracture, because you're going to hit four times, one of them's going to be a crit. Um, and Tarkin, again, you can mod him for crit chance if that's what you want. Normally he's modded for potency for damage purposes. Um, but I think, you know, if you if you have infinite resources and you have uh, the ability to uh, max out your team, I do think that Krennic is probably going to shape up to be the best team leader. Unless there's a specific uh, way to abuse the exposed mechanic that comes with Tarkin's Zeta leadership. So, did you guys have any thoughts about the Empire squads? Because this is the last Empire squad that I have. I'm a little disappointed in the lack of uh, creativity lack of using the uh, the Emperor. Um, the himself. Emperor is not that great. Uh, I think that unless you have brought him to Gear Twelve he's going to be very squishy. And so that is the main reason I did not include him. Uh, he gains a lot of... I will be talking about him shortly. Interesting, oh. yeah. yeah. The, but reason he gains... I, the reason I bring it up is, I mean, he has that specific anti-rebel, on anti-rebel leader ability. Um, you know, he'll give the Empire allies turn meter as they um, inflict debuffs. Um, I mean, every time he goes, he's going to be draining health from um from the uh from rebels um i i i don't know i i like using emperor i think he's fun i'm a little upset that he's fallen out of the meta and that he's not really uh that great anymore i think they i hope i personally hope like you know hey we're releasing dark side territory but let's uh rework some of these empire characters that have really fallen out and aren't that great anymore specifically you know give emperor a zeta on his uh on his unique give him a zeta on his on his um leader his leader i mean he's the only he, he is the only um uh what, what's that event legendary he's the only legendary character without any zetas that's, that's true and he's also pretty he's also really one of the only empire leaders who doesn't have a zeta so uh, definitely he could do with yeah. a rework. And, and I don't disagree with everything that you said about him. I just disagree that uh, it, from the perspective of, I think the three leaders that I identified, so Thrawn, Tarkin, and Krennic, I do believe that they will be better than yeah. Palpatine. I, and I, and I Palpatine in a non-leader position, that's kind of, I mean... You really need to know what you're doing. I don't if, think you can put him in a non-leader. Exactly. Because, I mean, he's he's so squishy, but he gains all that... Um, I mean, he has a ton of health steal whenever he, uh, he's right. a leader. Now, so, it, I mean, that'll help. That'll at least help. Well, here's something else to think about. Some of the characters that you mentioned aren't exactly going to be feasible for most people. That's correct. Critic, mm, nobody's going to be able to use him, really, outside of 
you know, people who already have pre-stacked rosters. So if you're on a limited roster, I mean, I think Emperor Palpatine's going to be one of the better characters because everybody can get Emperor Palpatine to seven stars, pretty much. If you've been playing any period of time, just you, you will get seven-star rebels by default. And I think that his leader ability that gives 20% turn meter for each debuff is going to be really useful because of, I mean, when you're talking about having six characters out there, I mean, it's going to be pretty easy for him to get a uh, full turn meter and go back to back. Yeah. So I mean, that also, with like a TIE fighter that pilot. gives TIE fighter, yeah, that gives TIE fighter pilot that, uh, I mean, when he goes that first turn, it, he, he's going twice right off the bat. So you're yep. almost eliminating at least one enemy. Enem- enemy. Not yeah, so I mean, I again, I I understand that, and I kind of agree with that statement, especially the one about the accessibility of the characters. So, in this team, I would say there are some very inaccessible characters. Uh, Krennic and Death Trooper are not very accessible. Uh, Thrawn, if you miss the event, you don't have a Thrawn because he's an event only character. So that pretty much means my team is talking about Grand Moff Tarkin. And TIE Fighter Pilot. And let's be honest, Grand Moff Tarkin isn't a very popular character. Um, just from the perspective of, you know, as a Star Wars fan, who are my favorite characters, right? Uh, probably not Tarkin. Uh, it's just how it is. So, yeah, there are inherent problems with this team. But, you know, I, I really don't believe that Palpatine's the best leader if you could have your choice of who is available in Empire side. If you want um, a more accessible Empire team, you're probably looking at a Palpatine lead, TIE fighter pilot, uh, Royal Guard, you know, kind Vader. of deal. Vader, yeah. Uh, yeah, especially. Um, yeah. Vader flourishes uh, under that Empire another, lead. Uh, Ezra flourishes, I think, later so, uh, calling close. Just throwing that out there. So we're already kind of starting <laughs> to run a little bit long, so I'm going to run through some other characters I think are going to be really useful for just general teams. Um, I think Boba Fett and IG-88 are easy to farm, and you need scoundrels anyway, um, so get them along with Cad Bane. Take two other scout or Dengar. Uh, bounty hunters, since you're going to need them. Dengar's and, yeah. I mean, um, I think older players they'll, they'll have Dengar from when he first came out, and then he was that he was really big for a Rancor, Rancor for a while. Yeah. Uh, so I'm he's gonna definitely gonna, he's going to be on one of mine. I'm going to throw it yeah, out there and say that Cad Bane's um, probably not like of your team of five bounty hunters out of the six. Cad Bane is probably the one you want to drop. Yeah, but he's easy to get. Sure, I mean everyone absolutely. probably has him at seven stars, so he's kind of. He's kind of a shoe-in if you've got some good bounty hunters anyway. Um, so Emperor Palpatine, I think, is another one because that AoE stun and the turn meter he gives on his leader bounty, I think, is going to be really useful. Uh, Shore Trooper is going to be awesome because he will taunt at the beginning of every single wave, and I think that will help a ton when you're facing a lot of these rebels that I'm assuming can do pretty high amounts yeah. of damage. To a lot character. of burst. Uh, which is also, a, yeah, which is going to make also Royal Guard quite good. Um, obviously, your first order teams are going to be good. Those are pretty typical. Uh, Kylo Ren is probably going to be a stud, especially if you haven't Zayded. Um, if you went in on the Maul team, you'll probably be pretty happy because uh, him, along with Sith Assassin, I think she is another one that's going to be really good because... Again, these 
abilities that give you things at the start of encounters are massive. And uh, that's why I like Maul's leader abilities. And Sith Assassin with her speed, she would probably be really good at this. I can finally use my Sidious. Um, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, here's another one. I mean, Darth Sidious, he has a really good AoE. Um, he's kind of fallen to the wayside, but uh, old Daka, I mean, she's going to be viable outside of a Night Sister team just because there's not a whole lot of healers. Uh, she'll be able to revive people, which I think could be really useful. Uh, Darth Nihilus, you can obviously, if you've got him at 7-star, um, he'll be really good for taking out the elite characters that I'm sure we'll encounter a ton of. And um, let's see. I know Death Trooper. You, you know I love me some Death Trooper. Very happy about him. Other than that, uh, I think those are kind of the main characters that personally I'm going to be focusing on and trying to build teams around and then just kind of fitting in wherever else I really can. Uh, was there... Are there any other kind of tentpole type characters that y'all think might be really good for teams? Oh, Geno's in team, for sure. Poggle lead? Yeah. It's going to be killer. Yeah. Hey, uh, Poggle <laughs> with some droids. Use that newt. Uh, newt lead. That, that could actually... <laughs> yeah. Um, Tuscan Shaman. Or ro 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 so, I mean, you're mentioning characters that sort of can work, right? So, um, Tuscan Shaman under uh, Vader lead with Sidious, right? We all saw that uh, in Rancor. Yes. Definitely yes. can work. Um, you're talking about um, Darth Nihilus. I don't think Darth Nihilus is going to be great as a leader because his leadership ability suffers heavily when uh, the other team is exposed. So, again, I also agree that the Maul leadership is probably going to be better best for Sith. Um, talking about Sith, we have Dooku, who can um, attack twice. Uh, he can shock and he can stun. So there's synergy with uh, Palpatine. Yeah. There's just stunning is also great, and the amount of self-heal he has is ridiculous. Um, you have Old Daka, which you mentioned. She has a heal and a revive. She also has a double stun, which is absolutely insane when you think about it. You're taking out a third of their team for one for one turn. That's amazing. Um, so, I mean, you know, I was just talking about synergy teams, but there are plenty of dark side characters who are very good, and I, I think that you, you synergize could, with each other just based yeah, on their abilities, you not can, based off of their uh, their tags. Yeah, you could have a team that has maybe two characters or three characters that synergize with each other, and that's about it, but they could be extremely effective. So I, I definitely think that people should play around and experiment. Um, the stuff that I went through was just based on Troopers, Empire, and Bounty Hunters, which is what they announced. But um, yeah, you have First Order, you have um, you know Night Sisters, you have uh, Separatists that you could play around with because Geonosian Soldier is still pretty legit. Sunfak is still pretty legit because he has a Dispel and he counters. Um, so yeah, I mean, just be creative and and build some cool teams. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it right now. Our ro ro ro, he's gonna be the low bot of this uh, territory battle. Mm -hmm. I I I'm willing to put money down 
<laughs> that he is going to be like Lobot and be required in like 30 platoons. What does yours look like? Because I can show you mine. Myra Rubber? Yeah. He's a. Uh... Oh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> How do you have him seven star? Come on. Who does he, that? He's the. Ch- what? Mine's you, five star. You just said that he was going to be the key to this territory battle. That's why I seven starred him. True. True. I have all I have all the shards for him, but he's only a four star. You have uh, all the shards to max him. Wow, yeah. I have him at five star. So I, I've been buying everything from guild shipments, which I greatly regret now. Um, let's I, actually let's talk about that real quick before I want to talk about what we're doing in arena. But also, that new guild store is. That is incredible. Dude, it's I'm, awesome. Before, I have like, like sixty thousand uh, guild currency. So I just went to t- I just went to town whenever it came out. I bought I bought like all these holo projectors, I bought all these carbontes. Uh, uh, I mean they had so everything and it's the, all really uh, Mark cheap. Six, it's all so cheap. The Mark Six thermal detonators that used to be eight hundred for two is now like nine sixty for ten of them. Uh, the prices on those drop exponentially. Uh, there are more characters in there. You can get any sort of gear. Like, yeah, that is. They are really working on making a lot of gear a lot more accessible, which I am so glad to. Oh yeah. Um, there are still going to be those bottlenecks, but making a lot of this other stuff more accessible is a huge help. All right. Um, yes. yeah. What's your arena team? What is my arena team currently? Uh, yes. Commander Luke Skywalker with Han. Um, like, Zeta Han, um, General Kenobi, Thrawn, and R2. It's that super cookie cutter one, and I drop from, like, I, I drop so far every night. I don't know. I don't know what to do, man. I, I'm, I'm at the point where I just, I kind of don't care. I just get my way back up into the the top 20 every day and then I, I drop back down to like 49 overnight yeah it's annoying it's very annoying I don't know what else to do so I, I just kind of I, I I just kind of go with the flow I did I did start caring about ships a little more I was hovering around like 150 to 200 range I fought up to like rank 30 and then overnight I dropped back down to like 90. Um, which I, I don't understand. Like, my ship team, it isn't bad. It's not great. But it isn't bad. I beat I beat every team pretty easily, and I have... I, I don't know. I dropped like a rock before I got Ty Reaper. I have Ty Reaper. I have him at four star. Wow. Don't do I, it. He's terrible. Ty Reaper's terrible? No, he's yep. awesome. No, I, I don't believe it. Ty Reaper's terrible. Why? Why? Best ship in the game. Okay, so let's have a look at this, right? Um, again, apologies for the people who are listening and can't actually see anything. I'm pulling up my TIE Reaper, who is frustratingly at 64 out of 65 shards. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, laugh all... Yeah, of course you'd laugh. Okay, TIE Reaper's potency, 29%, right? Uh, it's not like my DT and my Short Trooper are poorly geared either, but... It is what it they is. They aren't gear 12. I know, right? I'm slacking. So uh, <laughs> that was like 29%, right? Uh, Chimera, who is my leader, uh, his tenacity is 57. Okay. 
let's take Executrix, which is also another popular one, tenacity of 57, right? So generally speaking, if the formula we're given for potency and tenacity is approximately... Wait, it can be resisted? Absolutely. I resist it like half the time. I didn't know that it could be resisted. I thought it was... No, it's absolutely terrible. Like, I think um, basically when I fight against Reaper, what happens is I don't attack Reaper and I just let him sit there like a floater in the in the toilet bowl because he doesn't do anything. He just sits there. Um, I mean, he doesn't do any damage. It's not like I can kill him quickly because he has a lot of health. So I'll just leave him there. I'll kill all the ties around him. And then I'll just leave him for last. And I'll still get my Grand Admiral Thrawn ultimate before they do. Because I'm abusing the AI and I'm putting my Maul Taunt on my TIE Fighter pilot. So TIE Reaper just doesn't work on defense. Like, it's terrible. And he might work on offense. He might be great on offense. I don't know. But defense? No. Just pass. Not worth it. I strongly disagree. I... I mean, I used to drop into, like, the 80s before I got High Reaper, and I really don't drop outside the top 30 now. On occasion, I'll drop to 35, but, I mean, ever since I put High Reaper in, my ship's arena has been... I don't care so much about that anymore. All I know is I'm looking at Giggle's thing here, and I see that he only has a 5-star Poe, and my Poe is 7 stars, which means I'm winning in some... Poe is sense. absolutely wonderful. I 100% I think that I slept on Poe's ship and I should not have. He is great. He is. I have him on my team. He's my I think he's my second. Uh, I have him on my team too and he's only 5 stars. So I I don't use him anymore. I don't I think his AI is kind of terrible so I just don't use him. He's great for taking out TIE fighter pilot. He's also great for taking out cool. Vader. True. I agree there. Very well. Uh, yeah, he, he pretty much he comes in and it's like a free, like, all right, who do you want to get rid of? Right. Um, Which I, I really like, so. All right, uh, Giggles, what's your arena team? Ugnaught, Mob Enforcer. No, it's not. <laughs> Cup. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> my arena team is, uh, it, it goes back and forth, but currently I believe it is uh, CLS uh GK uh Thrawn Nihilus and R2. But I sub in Barris and Raid Han depending on what I'm doing. Um I have found that the, don't, don't be one of those the, guys. the the typical No Barris. I, I don't do Barris a lot anymore um because people on my shard just absolutely destroy Barris teams now. Um but I have found that Hermit Yoda is pretty annoying, especially when you have a team of General Kenobi lead, Barris, uh, Thrawn, CLS, and Hermit Yoda. There's just so much healing on that team that I need a Darth Nihilus to complete it in any reasonable amount of time. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, Wink, what is your... Uh, Where have you been finishing it? What is your not very... Um... Unconven- What's your unconventional uh, arena team? I know yours is always weird. Well, um, so as per Elon Mustard's uh, suggestion from last week, you know, I basically ran the Admiral Akbar lead with Commander Luke, BB-8, 
Uh, Kenobi and Hermit Yoda ran that all week, and it it was doing really well. Um, then I started dropping. Yeah, I was dropping to the twenties and thirties. So I subbed in Han because there's a guy in my arena that runs that team with you know Han instead of BB-8 because my BB-8's year ten, and I was still dropping. I was kind of getting frustrated. Well, today I dropped the BB-8 and Han, and actually put in R2, and I only dropped to eleven. Like that's the least I've dropped in probably a month, month and a half, and. Could have just been one of those days, but it has been really good. Um, the stealth seems to help. It controls uh, opponent Thrawn's fracture. You can't fracture CLS or you have to wait. Um, and then the fact that R2 gets the speed bonus from Admiral Ackbar. R2 can also be called in and stunned. Uh, and then you also have the survivability from you know his uh, number crunch being created. Uh, it's so that's been really good. I actually I like it a lot so far. I mean, I can basically auto just about any team in my arena, which is nice as well. Huh. I don't have so, uh, Yoda unlocked I yet. I am two shards away from unlocking Yoda. Oh, so close. Yeah, I uh, I spent on bays and uh, gear. <laughs> with my uh my uh guild events currency so basically I, what you're telling us is that we need to not completely shit the bed on this upcoming dark side territory battle right so you can get your guild currency yes please thank you <laughs> all right we'll do our best even though it's on holiday um all right y'all ready to uh do some trivia Are there questions in there can I see them now? Um, I will be reading them. You won't be able to see them. Oh, well, that's lame. Okay, go ahead. All right. It's time for Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes Trivia! How's the music level? Good? Good. Alright. It's time for trivia question number one. There is uh, one point for each correct answer, and this question was by Phyros. By who? There Phyros. He has been one of our um, one of our big questions. Gotcha. Um so, there are several characters with beards. Name the two who only have a mustache and no beard. Lando. <laughs> oh, man. I know Lando's one of them. Yeah. I... I feel like the definitely Yeah, I'm blanking on Oh. I think I Oh, I know it. I know it. I think I do too. Giggles, you have your last No, I, I pass. I can't get it. I'm gonna say right. Lando uh, and Hoth Rebel Soldier. 
I'm going to say Lando and Biggs. Oh. Because he kind of has that slightly creepy. <laughs> Alright. Uh, let's go check the answers. And the answer is Lando and Biggs. Oh. It says, Hoth Rebel Scout might only have a mustache, but his mask covers the majority of his face, so it's uncertain. Uh. Soldier, you can definitely see he's uh, got a Lando mustache. He's got a beard. Yeah, you can see that. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, I would think they have beards. I mean, those guys are about to stay warm. That's a whole environment. Alright. Question number two. This one was by Tesh Karet. Which, which of these adjectives is the most common in the character's in-game descriptions? Example. Uh, if you'd be confused what in-game description is, for example, Thrawn is calculating Empire leader who can halt enemies in their tracks. So that's kind of a description for him. Uh, where do you see their descriptions? There are four options. I said, where would you even see their descriptions? Uh, whenever you click on the character, you can see a character description. No, you, no, you don't. Um, Alright, so... Yes. Oh, yeah, you do. Okay, you have to look at their stats. Alright. I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. That might be worth that. Okay, so... Uh, these are the four options available. Aggressive... Enduring, daring, and durable. Alright, I know my answer. I've got mine as well. I'm gonna say aggressive. I'm too. I'm going with aggressive. I'm also going for aggressive. Alright, you know what? Just to be different, I'll go for durable. Alright. <laughs> right. And the answer is... You should not have changed your answer. It is aggressive. Oh, well. Durable is second. Uh, aggressive, six characters. Durable, five characters. Enduring, one. And daring, two. Well, I said aggressive first. I was just changing it to mix it up. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> uh, question number three. Again, by Touch Karan. Who is the character with the shortest name in the game? That's interesting. I think I know my answer. I know my answer. Um, Zap, you got your answer? Um, uh... Yeah, sure. Alright, what is it? I was gonna go with Baze. I'm going with BB-8. Oh. I'm going with BB-8 But there's a dash. Well. And I think so it that's, that's a character. So that means it's still four characters. Uh, that, that's true. And guess what? We're all wrong. Who is it? How? Oh, my favorite character. Just kidding. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the worst character in the game. Uh, so dis disagree with that. It's a terrible video. <laughs> uh, 
uh, originally McMull was going to be one of the guests on this episode. I got a feeling he would have got that question yeah, right. Um, Alright, uh, trivia number four. I assume this one's by Deadshot. So, the following is Admiral Akbar's tactical genius ability. What's wrong with it? Slash missing from it. Quote, Akbar grants each ally the tactical genius effect. The the first ally to use a special ability when they have this effect gains 100% turn meter. Tactical genius ends whenever an ally triggers its effect. Wait, can you read that again? Yes. The following is a tactical yeah, genius yeah, yeah. Just read me what, 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 what you had. Akbar grants each ally the tactical genius effect. The first ally to use a special ability while they have this effect gains 100% turn meter. Tactical genius ends whenever an ally triggers its effect. Okay, I know what's missing. I think I know what's missing too. Yeah. I, I know one of the things that's missing. I, I feel like there's more than one thing that's missing, though. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Because I remember they redid this ability at one point and made it quite a bit Right. Better. So so one um, of the things that's missing is that um, it lasts until Akbar's next turn. That's uh, what I was say. So, so that hasn't been included. Um so it's it's worded something like uh, tactical advantage lasts until Akbar's next turn, or the next, or you know, or the first ally who uses their special ability. I think it's first ally who uses special ability, or yeah, until Akbar takes something like that. Um, it it does yes. give a hundred percent turn meter to that person. I don't know if if that if it mentioned that in the description that you gave. Oh, okay. Yes. It yeah, then I don't know what else there is. That's the only issue I, I could identify. Yeah, that's same. Same here. Alright. Ah, uh, uh, yes, there was another part. So, we were right about that part, but the other part is the ally who triggers this ability also recovers 30%. Oh, interesting. I didn't even know that was in there. <laughs> Yeah, I actually uh, did. I kind of I forget about it because I never use it. Yeah, it's it's not one of those things that really gets used. Right. So I kind of forget mm-hmm. about it. Okay. Um, how can you distinguish between the Chimera and the Executrix when you look at them in your collection? So, example, the pattern on the bottom of the Chimera does not like, what do you mean when you look at them in your collection? Or are you talking about looking at their like at their like sh- at their little their little block thing, or like whatever you open them yes. up? Yes. Like if you go if you go to ships and essentially click on them, go into their little stat description deal and all that, where you can see the ship. There. I have my answer, but there are actually multiple answers, I believe, to this. Yes, I accidentally say the answers. I accidentally scrolled, so I am going to have to take myself uh, out of this. Um, 
What do y'all think the answer is? So, and by the way, this question came from Pesh Karan and So there are two ways to tell um, other than the markings on the bottom. The reason that you can tell from the markings on the bottom is that um, in certain areas of the game, they are actually tilted differently. So the Executrix tilts with its nose down and the uh, Chimera tilts with its nose up in certain areas of the game. Um, the, think, um... the other way that you can tell is that the Executrix appears to be thinner and elongated, whereas the Chimera appears to be fatter. Like, yeah, that's wider. What I was going to say. I think the Executrix is bigger. Yep. Like, you know, longer. Like, it, it just it looks is... bigger. Yep. That is pretty much the exact answer, y'all. Nailed it. Cool. Um, they, they actually wrote the Chimera is flatter, shorter, and wider, and the Executrix being taller, longer, and mm-hmm. Cool. So, what was it like uh, actually getting to participate in trivia? I've enjoyed this. Yeah, the, the trivia questions always blow me away. I think that's one of the coolest uh, forms of engagement that I can see from the other listeners as a listener myself, because some of these questions are are really creative and you know i'm racking my brain like with the uh, akbar question right i knew there was one thing wrong with it yeah. that i couldn't quite place and i was racking my brain to try to get it but uh yeah that was a great question so yeah i've had a lot of these guys kind of message me asking me what i think about the question and stuff and i mean the questions have been mm-hmm. amazing uh you know deadshot does a great job putting this together Thank you, Deadshot, um, and thanks to, you know, Teshkar and Virus and everyone else that's helped to make questions. Uh, y'all are really creative and uh, did an awesome job. We really appreciate it. Um, so that is pretty much it for this week's episode. Um, is there anything else y'all want to say before we head out? Uh... I just hope I get to do this again, and next time everybody can see my beautiful face on the live stream. And uh, <laughs> Wink, you need to fix your internet because everybody—they really missed out. I mean, you really missed out. Just look at me; I'm, I'm beautiful. So. Yeah, I was gonna. Me- well, nobody <laughs> knows because you know. Okay. I was gonna mention for the American listeners out there, um, they're obviously gonna listen to this after Thanksgiving, probably. But have a happy Thanksgiving for the non-American listeners out there. Um, this is what freedom is like. Right? I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's up to you, Wink. You got to get it out by wow. Thanksgiving. So tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually going to stay up and get this thing finished in the morning before I head off to Thanksgiving. So, uh, yeah, to all of you Americans, be safe. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And for everyone else, um, happy Turkey Day, you all. Know, use this as a ref- <laughs> Merk. And happy football day. Uh, but to everyone else not from America, this would be a good time to just kind of think about and reflect what you're thankful for. And, um, or go buy a turkey. As always, you can find us at uh, twitter.com slash shattered order, patreon.com slash shattered order if you want to subscribe and support the podcast there subscribe give us reviews on itunes and you can also uh help us out by going and getting your free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash shattered order 
And until next week, later. Have a good one. Later. Thank you for listening to the Shattered Order podcast. Happy gaming, and may the force be with you.